We have an obsession with fame, exposure, and influence. If you don't break it, it will break you. Hi, this is Josh Bain, your host of another episode of Starting a Fire, life lessons learned from a church planning adventure. This episode is really about personal growth. It can easily be ascribed to spirituality, business, or entrepreneurism. The whole idea we want to tackle today is that we have to be faithful, not famous. When we started this church um, journey about six months ago, I started to really wonder what it was going to look like. Um, Josh, you and I first met at a mega church, yeah. and in the mega church world, everything is about big, 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 big. Yep. I think at the height of the ministry that we met at, it was about eight to nine thousand people. Mm-hmm. And being raised in my early ministry experience in that environment, I always assumed that bigger meant better. And so, as I began to daydream uh, when we were getting ready to plant this church, as we tend to do when we daydream about anything new, I was always wondering how big this was going to be. Yeah. How fast would it grow? What would it be like? Would we get news coverage? All sorts of silly things. Mm-hmm. You know, you let your mind wander. And I started to realize that perhaps those weren't the things that God wanted me to do with this church. And perhaps those weren't the things that I really wanted to do with this church. So I spent much of uh, the December of 2018 in prayer asking God, what do you want this to look like? And I don't really hear many answers coming back to me, except uh, about three or four weeks ago, I very clearly heard something in my spirit. Um, And and this is sounding really churchy for you. And I I understand that if you're listening and you're like, "I, I don't totally understand this, just bear with us for a second. I felt like God was saying to me, what if it's not big? And I remember thinking, all right, yeah, like, like, you know, average size American church, I can deal with that. And I felt like God said, no, like, what if it's really small? And I thought, all right, really small, but, but we make a really big impact and people recognize my efforts. And, and then I felt like God said, no, like really small and no one ever knows your name. Will you still do it? And I didn't have an answer for that for about a week. And I wrestled with that thought for a week. And um, I think we're finally at a place now where I'm comfortable with the answer being, yeah, I don't care what this looks like. This new endeavor of ours, um, this new church, it doesn't matter to me if I'm famous or if the church is big or if we make this big wave of influence in our city. What What I am focused on is being faithful to the thing that God's given me here. And so today I wanted to talk a little bit about what I think is the natural inclination of a lot of us to think big fame, influence, impact, and perhaps all of the trappings that come along with celebrity, whether it's in our own industry or just even in personal life. Sure. Sure. I think that it's a common conception that healthy things grow, right? Um, I mean, you don't find big, massive oak trees, you know, growing in the desert. You don't find huge redwoods, you know, growing in really dry places, right? What you find is that healthy things grow. And so if healthy things grow, then that means that it must be 
the thing that's growing must be healthy. That's right. Uh, such a super common phrase to hear in ministry and in business too, right? Yeah. Uh, healthy things grow is a wonderful way for us to look at whether or not what we're doing or what we're working on uh, is headed in the right direction. And I would never disagree with the concept that healthy things grow. I think the problem is, is that we don't fully understand what we mean by growth. Hmm. Sometimes we're looking at growth from another area. We're looking at growth in terms of numbers, but the truth is, is that the thing that we're supposed to be working on right now isn't supposed to be big in numbers. It's supposed to be big or healthy in another area, right? Sure. So for me, the question is, how do you actually measure the growth that you're supposed to measure in the thing that you're doing, right. if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if all healthy things grow, then everybody would be huge. Right. So you understand in that very simple illustration, like if you're doing a fitness journey, you don't want to be growing. Most of us want to be shrinkage for right? sure. Yeah. And healthy in that instance means growing. So for some cases, whether it's fitness or sometimes even just in leadership, sometimes less is more. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes real growth is not about how big a thing gets, but how clear cut it gets, how concise it gets, how laser focused it gets, how effective it gets. And I think for me, that always comes back to in the church world, this question of do numbers really matter? Right? Like, are numbers the right way to measure growth? I was joking with somebody last night, and I've heard this in another podcast before, but uh, specifically in ministry, there is a bad way to measure. Yeah. And that's the budget the attendance and the decisions, B-A-D. Mm. And if you stick to that level of measurement, um, you'll never fully understand what it is that you've accomplished in your task at hand. And so for me, right now, in this effort that I'm learning is, I've got to clearly understand what growth looks like. Like, what is it that I want to grow? Um, I think in this journey, as we build this church, I don't, I don't want to be famous, but I want to build people who um, maybe have the potential to be famous because they're so good at what they are they do, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't want to have a thousand people who are not changed. I'd be content with 10 people who are totally transformed, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so I think that's, that, that's unique to everybody who's listening to this podcast today is, is sort of what is the measurement, yeah. right? Yeah, yes, you, healthy things grow, but grow how? Sure. I mean, there has to be a you have to define what success looks like, right? I mean, if six, I mean, for a church, measuring by numbers probably not the best idea. But on a business side, you know, you may want to say, okay, at the end of the month, did this business venture net me a profit, right? And those are in fact numbers. So I do want to maybe preface here a little bit and say that absolutely, you have to define what the goal is, right? So that whenever you are you're working through these strategies, that you you're insured some measurement. That's right. And, and let's think right down on the business piece, right? If, if growth in numbers is the only metric by which we live and die, then if ever increasing revenue is a good thing for us. Mm -hmm. But if, if costs are ever increasing, then really we're just more busy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Perhaps it's, yes, we want to see ever increasing revenue, but it would be also better if we could minimize or even decrease costs in this process. Have we, have we found a way to get the best of both worlds? So for me in that effort, the way to measure the health of something growing would be, have we standardized systems? Have we built in processes? Have we been able to become so efficient mm -hmm. that revenue increases and yet we don't do a single thing different? Sure. Yeah, that to me, I think is the difference between um, seeing some expansion and maybe starting to make in impact. Sure, okay. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah. right? Okay, well then, what is the difference between influence and impact? 
Well, that's a great question. Let, let's first talk about um, the important, uh, importance of influence, right? Um, if you are digitally connected in any way, then you have heard of the term social influencers, right? right. Yep. And so there, there is this whole body of people who make their living by um, just being in the marketplace and quote unquote being themselves, but really it's marketing at a very subtle level, right? And that level of influence is prevalent in any industry. It's prevalent in ministry, in business, in sports, in fashion, in all of them, right? Yeah. And that influence does something to sometimes shift focus, right? Uh, influencers are paid to uh, post a photo of themselves holding a water bottle, yeah. right? And they may not even drink that water bottle, right? right? And yeah. frankly, they might not even care if you drink that water bottle. But yep. for $37,000 for that post, they're going to do it, right? Yeah. The company is measuring their success based on whether or not sales have increased. And so in that instance, this person has influence, yeah. right? Yeah. But so what, right? Like at the end of the day, influence does just that. It gets people to look a different direction. But I don't know that I believe that influence does any real or lasting change. So for me, I think, at least in this journey, the question is not whether we're influencing people, whether I'm influencing the city of Denver or influencing other young leaders to see things the way I see things. What I'm looking to do is make an impact in those people, right? So if 100,000 people come through our church over the course of the next 10 years, and not one of them is different in the process, I may have influenced them, but made no impact, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think the real challenge here is asking yourself, what do you want? What do you want to be? Do you want to be a big, expansive, but shallow pond that really means nothing? It's mostly mud. Or do you want to be like a quick tsunami that devastates everything that you walk into, right? Like, do you want to make change? Do you things want to be, do you want things to be different because of you? Or do you want things to just be noticed because of you? And I'm less interested in being noticed, yeah. especially the older I get. When I was younger, I fell under the curse of being noticed. I was me, 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 look, 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 right? I always wanted to be on stage. And now the more I'm on stage, like the less I want to be seen in that endeavor, right? Yeah. I want less introduction of the world to me and more transformation of the per people that I get to meet. Many people are really concerned about building like their own personal kingdom, mm. right? Their own brand. I and mean, we talk about these, these influencers. I mean, the only reason they are in fact, social influencers are because they've built this personal brand, right? Slim tea and all these other little <laughs> things, right? You know, that now all of a sudden you hold that little bottle, that little shaker bottle. And all of a sudden, you know, whether you drink it or not, right? Yeah. You, that, that brand is what allowed them to become influencers. But is that really what's important? important here? Let's talk to perhaps the two different audiences that are listening to us today, right? Yeah. Uh, let's talk first to the Christians. Okay. If you're a Christian and you're listening, uh, let me push you real quick right here. There's a difference between empire building and kingdom expansion, right? Yeah. You're called to do the latter, not the former. The Bible says to go out into the world and make disciples of Jesus not you. Right. Right. And so I think it's very easy for those of us who are Christians to begin to think about how to position ourselves for success. But that definitely puts us in the lead chair or on the throne of the process. And that's totally backwards. Yeah. 
Now, let's talk to the non-Christians, okay? Um, if you're in the marketplace and you're not a believer and you're listening to this and you're like, I'm, I'm this close to turning it off, let me challenge you here. Building a brand, building your brand, positioning yourself can be a very effective way of becoming successful, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is this, whose name is in lights is the real question I think that you need to ask because it's this, if your name is the one in lights, and you become the important thing, then you're only known for the fame surrounding that, right? If the thing that is in lights, if the name that is in lights around the brand that you build is, is something that you provide, service, expertise, art, product, whatever it may be, then you're also known for like an inten- a tangible quality that you do or can create, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I see people all the time who who are really great at building their brand, but if you really dig in, they do no things, mm-hmm. right? Like they have a fantastic presence in, in the digital world and in, in, in the other world and everybody knows them, but everybody just knows them for the sake of knowing, knowing them, them. Yeah. and nothing more. Yeah, they're just, they're not leading. Right. They're, they just have a bunch of followers. Yeah. And really when it comes down, who I think it was Maxwell that said, if you, if you think you're a leader, and you're out taking a walk, turn around and look, turn around and take a look. Very good. If there's really nobody following you, you're just taking a walk. Very good. Yeah. And and so let me push here is this idea that if if the brand that you're building is you, the real thing that you care about providing to the world is your face. Hmm. Like you just love you so much you think other people need to love you as well, right? right. Yeah. And I'm gonna break it to you, like we don't. Right. That's why we do podcasts <laughs> and not 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 video blogs. That's right. Yeah. Like we don't love you. The world doesn't love you the way that they love you. The world may fall in love with you for a product that you provide, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna suggest that the idea of being one of these celebrity stars for the sake of being a celebrity star is super fleeting. Think about how quickly we turn on those people. Yeah. Right. Whether it was the Hilton girls or whether it's Kim Kardashian, like there's this whole, like we're interested and then we despise them. Yeah. Or at least the C parts and everybody makes a big decision on where they stand on it. As opposed to like going after something and doing something great. And the thing that is in lights is like, there's this person who creates this great art and that's who they are. Yeah. Man, that art that they make is that business that they've created, that thing that they do for us, that's a value. Yeah. And that can last far longer than your looks can last. It allows them to do other things. Uh, whenever you decide to kind of minimize yourself and really put your skill or your abilities out there, because then you can say, I'm an artist, yeah, but I've got this e-commerce right e-commerce idea, or I've got this book idea, or I've got this other thing, and then that allows you to kind of branch out and do really what you're good at and utilizing maybe one little thing as a vehicle. Yeah, and I would suggest that you go after the thing that you're good at and let your personal brand catch up. Right. Like I would really suggest to anybody listening, like whatever's gripped you with passion, whatever we as we talked about convictions and priorities, like whatever's the thing that's just got your attention that you go after that your brand will come around. People will recognize who you are, but it's so much better. It's so much long term. It's so much more fulfilling to be recognized for what you've poured your heart and soul into. Rather than just the fact that like you take new headshots every single week. Right. Right? Yeah. And then let me flip it on you. If you've ever met somebody who's really just a personal brand, like at the end of the day, the feeling that most of us walk away from those conversations with is like, 
what are they trying to accomplish here? Yeah, they have right? an ulterior motive. Totally. Yeah. Right. So, like, uh, I meet I meet people like this all the time, and I'm always wondering, like, which one of my contacts are they trying to meet? Because mm. they're just using me to get to the next level. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't want to feel that way around people. Right. And I don't think that you want people to feel that way around you if you're listening today. Right. Not at all. We we've actually talked about like the so-called greats in the past, a couple a couple episodes ago, the, the people that. Um, that we ascribe to them almost like gospel-esque writings, right? That, uh, once again, like the Gary V's and the, the inspirational speakers and heck, I just mentioned Maxwell and, you know, and these people who we, we find that, uh, so many of us, the Paris Hilton's, the, the Kardashians, that we, that we look to them, you know, for all of this, uh, inspiration and glory. What's happened in our world today where we deify our peers. Yeah, I think it's super common for us throughout the course of history to um, fall in love with people who we think have supernatural ability. Hmm. Oftentimes they don't have supernatural ability. What they have is a commitment to outwork us, right? And so sometimes when you meet people who outwork you, they're starting to shine. And it's so appealing to see people who are operating well in their gifting, hmm. right? Um, it's impressive. Sometimes the positive side is that it gives us perspective of just what's possible. Yeah. If you hear a story about somebody who started from nothing and is now something, it's so it's the beautiful anecdote, which is like, well, if they can do it, then certainly I can too, right? The problem is, is that when we see people who have succeeded and they continue to succeed, oftentimes we become enamored not by what's possible, but by their possible. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the life I want to live. We, we begin to sort of vicariously live through the experiences and efforts of other people. That's why, you, that's why there are fans. There's fans of movies. There's fans of sports. There's fans of actors. And now there's even fans of business people. I don't know that we had that 50 years ago. Probably not. But now you've got a whole group of fanboys of certain uh, business personalities or even ministry personalities. Yeah. We have entire camps of people who this is like I this is my favorite preacher and this is who I love and I just love what he and I buy his clothes and it did, 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 yeah, right yeah and I don't think all of that is bad no but I think that can be bad when we fail to realize that these are just human beings yeah and if and if they're human then they're gonna do human stuff which means they're gonna put their foot in their mouth they're gonna make some major mistakes and in the world of faith like track record shows Lots of them are going to fall down. Yeah. And the more that you put your faith in that personality or that entity, um, the more likely you are to suffer negative consequences when they inevitably become human in the process. Right. And I see this happen all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, then the other challenge is this. Let's say it's not worst case scenario. Let's say they don't fail. Mm -hmm. Let's say they continue to succeed and they're hustling and winning and, and I'm watching the playbook and I'm hustling and not winning. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm still hustling and still not winning. And I'm, I'm taking further notes and I'm noticing what they do. Okay. And I'm going to try that out. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to incorporate all these different strategies, but I don't win. So then the real question is this, what happens when you don't measure up? Like what, what happens to our psyche when we're looking at somebody who maybe they have that rag, rags to riches story and we're thinking they had nothing and I started far better than that and I'm still not winning. What does that say to us about us? Mm -hmm. And I think that that really puts us in a dangerous place spiritually, mentally to begin to ask questions about ourselves that um, never have really positive answers. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Sure. Why can't I ever get this right? The self-degradation kind totally. of yeah, row. Because yeah. the questions we need to be asking ourselves in any journey of life is like, what's possible for me? Right. Or if you're a Christian, like, what does God want from my life? What's his will? What's his plan? Those are great questions to ask. And in fact, when you discover them, there's such great freedom mm-hmm. and great power to quote unquote, stay in your lane. Yeah. Right. Like once I realized what I was good at, I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Right. I have friends who do other things really well and they're kind of cool. I'd like to do that, but that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stay doing this thing because yeah. I'll definitely fail faking it. Right. Yeah. The fastest way for you to be a failure is to try to be somebody else. It's so amazing how many kind of reoccurring um, themes that we find ourselves kind of popping through. I mean, we're six episodes in. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I feel like this this authenticity you know, thought process just keeps coming up and and I know it's important to you and, Mm -hmm. and I'll say that it wasn't always important to me. Um, but over the last like sincerely year and a half, two years, it has become blaring in my life that Mm -hmm. an authentic Josh is much more, is much happier than kind of this fakish, fake it till you make it kind of, kind of thought process that I've had in the past, you know, What's so interesting to me is that we see these people, we see their, their successes, but what we see is that curated message, right? We see what they want us to see. Um, they, we, we don't see all the pain and anguish. We don't see all the problems that they faced. We don't see the, 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 the failed ventures. We don't see the failed marriages. We don't see the, the hurt. You know, we don't see any of that. You mentioned um, in the very beginning of my walk with you in, 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 in this church planning process that, um, that you told your wife, we could go ahead and start this now. And this was like a year and a half ago, but we're going to hurt a lot of people along the way. And we're going to, I don't know if our marriage would survive. Our kids are going to have a, have, you know, get, get very little of me, you know, in that process. Well, that's not what you would have shown on social media. Of course not. No, of course not. I mean, what we do is we demonstrate our very best, right? And I think the problem, I think, is this, is that most of us, because we only see curated, we only see shiny, we have no real idea of what that life looks like. You have no idea how difficult. Yeah. You know, okay, you say you're working hard, you say you're hustling, you say you're pushing hard, and you're not winning. When you feel like you've 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 ascribed to all of whoever it is is ideas, and and you're still not winning. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because you're only seeing the ideas that worked, right? You're not seeing all the other things that formed them, that 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 pushed them into the place that they're at right now. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we if you think about us as humans, whenever we're trying to do something, we always want people to notice it, right? In business, it's it's like, we need to get some exposure for this new product or this new service, right? But if you just think about that, like that level of exposure, or uh, we need need to get eyes on this, we need people to sort of uh, get a good understanding of of what we're doing. But the truth is, is that exposure brings exposure, Yeah. right? Like every person I've ever met who has a rising level 
of fame or influence will tell you overwhelmingly they'd rather not have that piece of the journey. Yeah. They love the level of expertise that they're operating in. They love the success in the terms of the impact and the effectiveness of what they're doing. And many of them do like the income change. Yeah. But the the exposure, the white hot light that comes along with it is very difficult to deal with. There's and a cost. I would, that's right. And I would argue this. You, whoever you are, you're really not ready for the light that you're enticed by. Hmm. You're just not. You have no understanding of how, how, how painful and how hot that light is, right? The higher you rise, the more that people see you. The more that people see you, the more that people critique you, right? Mm-hmm. The cost is not just is not just the increased workload because it's true. Anybody that you meet who's really killing it, they work their tails off, yeah. right? That's why a lot of people lose their marriages when they get really successful. Yep. That's why a lot of people who are rich and successful don't have great relationships with their kids. Mm-hmm. Not always, but that's sure. why we see it, sure. right? But the high cost of the workload involved with great levels of success or fame or exposure is not nearly as painful or as destructive as the innumerable body of people who watch you, hate you, and want to be you and will try to take you out. Yeah. And I usually always, I stray away from using the term haters. I really hate that term. Me too. I think it's a foolish way to talk about people. And I think to a certain extent, it makes us feel like we're more important than we are. Right. I, I, you probably don't have half the haters you think you have. <laughs> right. However, yeah. the more important you get, the more that people who see you have something to say about you. Yeah. Right? And I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of that stuff, right? Like, I don't have a great deal of influence, right? Um, I have a small amount of influence. And every time that that influence increases, even if it's just incrementally, there is always some Yahoo that comes out of the woodwork (laughs) and has got very clear instructions on what I can go do to myself (laughs) today. Yeah. Right? I mean, and and it's painful and it's mean-spirited because the more that people see you, the more they think they know you, which removes any social couth from holding back. Right. And they just let loose on you. Well, especially in the social media world. Totally. When we're not going toe to toe, we're going mouse to mouse. That's right. Right. And it's like the the biggest cowards, essentially, you know, um, are those who think that they can be really big on social media, but really just can't back any of that up. That's right. And you know what? Look, some people are listening to this right now and they're like, no, I, I want that too. Like, I, I want the haters. I want the exposure. I can, I, they're motivators. I meet that people all the time, sure, right? Yeah. They say, haters are escalators, yeah, right? And I'm yeah. like, no, they're not. They're no. super mean. Right, yeah. They're <laughs> jerks, yeah. But some people still ascribe, or still subscribe to the idea that that is what they want. Sure. And so if we were going to end this conversation, I would say something along the lines of, if your real desire is to be seen, um, you can do anything to be seen. If like the number one thing that you want is for people to get um, more exposure to you, then just go do something absolutely insane, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, if that's your real desire, then what you're doing is just using whatever task at hand. Maybe your real desire is to be seen, but you want to be a good realtor. So you're using realty, you know, selling real estate as the method so that your, your face is on all the billboards right. in the city. Or maybe it's in ministry, maybe it's in fitness or whatever it may be. Truth is, is if your desire is to be seen, what you're doing is sort of pimping this task at hand yeah. as the vehicle by which to feed an empty part Part of your life I guarantee it like the reason most people want to be seen by millions is because they don't feel seen by the one or two people that really matter in their life so the question here is this who's not looking at you who's who, who do you feel like has never seen you 
like I know this just shifted, but this is the question, right? Like fame is the antidote for a broken heart. And if you don't heal the broken heart, you can be famous and miserable too. And I, I, I hate to see this happen to people all the time, but the truth is, is that most of us just need real people in our life to see us for who we are. And then the fleeting idea of fame fizzles out because it means nothing when compared to true intimacy between colleagues and family and friends. And that's why I think it's more important to be faithful than it is to be famous. Every now and again, I have to do some personal inventory. I have to ensure that my motives and my intentions are in line with my own personal values. Am I looking to jockey myself into position? Am I looking to be seen? Am I looking for the limelight? What about you? Do you find yourself looking for the same things? If so, I would encourage you today to redirect your energy that you use to being big into becoming small. Redirect that energy from being seen to helping those who are never seen. If you are famous, I would say leverage that fame to be known as faithful and watch your vision and passion flourish with new opportunities. Be faithful. Don't be famous. <laughs>